Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Casey. Today we're coming to you live from the Justin Donnelly Studios at the international headquarters of Samson Properties, who's growing like a weed. Uh, amazingly, this month, uh, Donnie uh, Samson, my nephew, runs this company. I think he said 128 agents had switched and come to, had, uh, switched over to Samson Properties uh, this month, which is pretty much an incredible number. But uh, the professionals here like Justin and, and the print centers and the Cardinal title and, and everybody you work with here is really phenomenal. But today we're going to talk on Coffee with Casey about market conditions. We're going to talk about have we returned to pre-pandemic levels. We know prices went crazy. We were looking at houses going, that can't sell for that. And it did. Not only did it, but they bid it over that. So we had, you know, in order to, to analyze data, in order to get the right price, and you know, that's the key for us selling our houses in that first week. The key is the pricing segment of this. So we need to know where we are right now, how we got here, because that's trending, and then where we're headed. And that is the market snapshot where what happened this week? Are we getting better or are we getting worse? So today we're going to go over one of the tools we use uh, that's really important. And I'll, t- I'll tell you where this was um, inspired. Well, first what we'll do is let's go and take a look at trending this week, where we are and how I know, you know, what the market is doing. So every week I'll take a market, Vienna, McLean, Herndon, uh, Haymarket, whatever it is, and I'll say, well, let me know what happened in that market this week. So in this graph you can see, or this um, spreadsheet you can see, all the homes that were closed this week, coming soon, active, under contract, and pending. So by looking at this, I can tell you, is Vienna a healthy market right now or is it not? I mean, I'm getting ready to launch three listings. I need to know, are there buyers out there? Well, if you look at it, you had one, two, three, four, five homes, uh, four homes that are active that did not go under contract. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine homes that did go under contract. Now, I can tell you that three or four weeks ago, that number was 14 homes went active and one went under contract. So what that tells me is that that market was a deteriorating market and you better be really careful because there's a lot of actives and nobody went under contract. So that's a very concerning um, uh, snapshot that we took. Now we look at it and I can tell you with all certainty that the market is improving because look at all the pending, look at all the uh, active with contingent contracts and only four are active that did not go under contract. I can also analyze those houses to say they were overpriced. They shouldn't go under contract because they were just overpriced. So, so this is, you know, this is why people look at Zillow or RPR or even the MLS to try and get data to analyze houses. But the problem is that data is old. Those are sales that happened 45 to 60 days ago. Those are decisions that were made 100 days ago. So, so it's old, stale data. This is the most current data you can possibly get when you look at the snapshots, and you can look at whatever market you're in as to what the snapshot is. We have this posted at kcsampson.com, market snapshot. Just go and hit it, find your city, and knock it out. And this is Vienna, and you know this is where I do a lot of business, but also we've analyzed, we can analyze markets like Bowie. Here's, here's Bowie, Maryland, right here. So let's take a look at 
at what Bowie looks like. I count 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, probably 15 active listings that didn't go under contract. Then I look at a lot of their listings that did go under contract all have contingencies. Now, that's not a good sign because homes that go under contract with a contingency, 50% kick out and go back to active. So I'm really, those guys are in limbo. They're not really pending. And then you go down and you see that five homes have gone pending. So what would I consider this market? I would consider this market to be a deteriorating market. And you have to use great caution when you're getting ready to price a house and sell a house in Bowie. It is not improving. It is, in fact, deteriorating. So we need to know this data before we, we do our final decision on where we're going to launch that house and that price. Now, this is really important, and we haven't looked at this tool um, in a while, but let me show you what, what really is a game changer. And this tells us the answer to the question, have prices returned to pre-pandemic levels? Now, first, let me tell you where the inspiration for this came from, okay? So my daughter has type 1 diabetes. And type 1 diabetes means your pancreas doesn't even work. So you really need to know what your blood sugar is because you have to either take, eat sugar or take, um, what do they call that stuff, Um, insulin. So she needs to self-regulate. She needs to know where everything is going. Well, a game changer with her happened a couple years ago when they came out with a... um, patch or something you put on your arm, you can put it on your phone and it shows the trending of your sugar. So let's say it's 100. Is it going up or is it going down? That's a big question. If it's going down, you would administer one way. If it's going up, you're administering another way. And I started to think, trending, you need to know where things are trending, not just where they are, but how we got here and where we're going. So I developed this and this tells a lot. So, uh, well, this is This is basically a breakdown of all of the towns right now that we're covering and what their success rate is, you know, as we go through. So to be honest with you, most of the markets are in a healthy, improving market. Generally, the market is improving. So here's the chart that really came in. Let me explain this to you because this is extremely important and helps us and guides us to where we want to price our house. So in the beginning, on that, first, on that first chart in the very bottom, you see what were the price, what is the price of a 3,500-square-foot house built in 1990? What did that house sell, sell for in 2003? Then you'll see in 2005, there was a huge spike. Now that green line you see, that is price, that is the value based on inflation, right? So if, it, if the house appreciated the same rate as inflation, that's the green line, okay? So it's very important that we know what really should it be if you look at the price versus the inflation, okay? So let's look. It went way too high in 2005. Why? Interest rates were 5.5%, right? But what happened was they eased the credit standards for all of the people buying. The buyer pool doubled and tripled. There was a huge amount of people buying houses. And all of a sudden, and, and let me tell you back, because back then I made the statement, I could get a a ham sandwich approved for a loan, right? Anybody could get approved for a loan, okay? So what happened was all these buyers came out. They bid the houses up to astronomical levels because the government eased the credit standards that they could have, bigger buyer pool. Then 
at, right after that, 2007, they constricted the buyer pool by saying only people with perfect credit at 20% down can buy a house. Buyer pool this, buyer pool this. And that's what happened to pricing. So we know what happened. But then prices fell to the inflation rate and then started to work their way up through the years. I consider everything from 2010 to 2020 to be the dark ages. It was kind of very steady, very boring. Boring is good in the real estate market. Excitement is not good. Now comes 2020. We have a pandemic. House inventory goes down. Buyer pool really needs houses. Now the home becomes more of a home commercial slash commercial property because a lot of people move their offices into their house. In fact, a lot of them left their office and worked from home. And to this day, they still do. So the value of real estate went up at that time based on 2.5% interest rates and low inventory. They bubbled to a point where it was like, holy cow, this house can't be worth this much money. So then what happened was interest rates rose. So that was one of the elements that made it happen. People, some of them said to go back to the office. But then you start to see that the numbers slide back down. So it's important for me to know if I'm listing a house. And, and let me tell you something. All realtors that are listening to this from Samson Properties, your sellers think their house is worth 100000 more than it is. Or let's say we're in the, let's say 10%. They think it's worth 10% more than it is. That's because they're thinking about, their neighbors that sold in 2022. It is true. It was worth 10% more, but it is not now. The prices have slid down. That's a reaction to the, um, the, the interest rates going up. Um, and so you can see how in Vienna for a normal house, 3,500 square foot house built in 1990, how prices returned to, to pan, uh, pre-pandemic levels. The answer is yes. Now, why is that important? It's important because buyers should be out having a field day knowing they're not overpaying for the house, right? Now, there's a saying that we use in real estate. It says, marry the house and date the rate. And that means you buy the house because the prices are low. So get married, buy the house, and then date the rate. The rate will go down within, you know, during the recession when the recession hits. And it's coming. So rates will go down. They always do. And when they do, you refinance. So you marry the house and you date the rate. So if I were a parent or I were somebody that was looking for a house and you could not buy a house in the spring of 2022 or in the spring of 2023, now's the opportunity that there's inventory out there. You can buy the house. The home prices have come down about 8 to 10% in most cases. So what is this? This is a buying opportunity, right? And they can buy with confidence in Vienna that the prices have returned. Let's look around at some of the others. This is Aldi, okay? So if you can see in Aldi, they actually dipped down a little bit in 2000, looks like 2015 and 2020. Now look what happened in 2022. Boom, it went through the roof. Why? Because that's when everybody started working from their house. If you could buy twice as much house out in Aldi than you could in McLean, wouldn't you move to Aldi? out to Willisford where they got this big, beautiful houses where, you know, instead of buying a 2,500 square foot house, you could buy a 4,000 square foot house. So, so yes, Aldi boomed, Willisford boomed. But if you look at it, everybody's still pretty consistent out there. It's not coming back down, right? It's trending is even. So 
if somebody saw a house sell for 1.4 million in 2022, it's probably still pretty close to 1.4 million. They have not taken a slide down there. So that that tells me that you know the 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 commercial slash residential portion of real estate has increased the value of those homes and it's staying stable out there. So we watch all the markets. You can look here at, at Haymarket. Haymarket, look at the pending contracts. Now they're starting to work their way up. So that last element, the last one that I have, is what is pending in those neighborhoods. So in 2022, it was up in the ceiling. 2023, it came back down. But current contracts are now close in Haymarket, in that price range, to where they were uh, in the in the spring. Okay, they have not fallen. Let's look at Virginia Run. So my point here, guys, is that have prices returned to pre-pandemic levels? The answer is in some markets, yes, and some markets, no. Right. So let's look at Virginia Run. We have to run it for each market. Let's look at Virginia Run. Virginia Run had the bubble in 2005. They came a little bit under inflation for at least 10 years. They had their boom in 2022. And now look at where the current contracts are, right? So I can't treat a house in Virginia Run the same way I'm treating a house in Aldi. So when we're determining what a house's value is, we can't, we can't just say, well, prices are down or prices are up. You have to analyze what is the trend in that particular market? What is the current seven-day snapshot of that particular market? All right. So Virginia Run, the answer is prices are below where they should be. So is Virginia Run a good deal right now? You bet your ass it is. If I had a buyer, would I go to Virginia Run? You bet your ass I would. Because they are trending below where they actually should be. All right? So each market is different. This is new homes. In, these are new homes in Vienna. Look at the trend. The trend is like, eh, screw inflation. You know, we want a new home. The more homes that turn over from old homes to new homes, the inventory gets smaller. That means the scarcity of property is, is you know, greater. And that's what happens to prices. And they're not coming back. That's where they are. So if somebody looks at this and says, well, I want to buy a new home, but I don't want to pay $200,000 more than it's worth. No, it's still worth that. It's still worth that. So, so this trending um, tool that we use for all resales, all new homes, everything we do, is extremely important market by market. Yes, can I do it for Bowie? Bowie, yes. I, how do you say it? Is it Bowie or Bowie? Bowie? Can you do it for Bowie? Yeah. Can you do it for Gaithersburg? Yeah. You can do it for pretty much any, any market. And, and if the realtors are listening, you know, from Samson, all you really have to do is do a market evaluation of what it was worth back in 2022, then do a market evaluation of where it is today, and you'll see whether you're trending up or down. Okay? All right. Another way of using this kind of tool is, this is a perfect example. So I'm going to a house. The house was withdrawn. The house is on the market for 1.725. They dropped it to 1675. It didn't sell. I ran my buyer. I ran a uh, um, um, you know, pricing model on it. I think it's worth 1.7. Why didn't it sell? Why didn't it sell? So here is the key to pricing. It is an investigation, it's a collaboration, it's gathering data from multiple sources, it's authenticating the data. You just can't look at something and go, yeah, that house is worth this. 
It's all a part of the investigation of where we should be. So that red line, that red line you see, that is where they bought the house back at that time period. They bought it for $100,000 less than what the average house was selling for. Whether that's because it has a weird yard or it has this or it has that or maybe it backs to the highway or school, whatever the reason, whatever the reason, they bought that house for $100,000 under market of what that size and that age house would sell for. Now it all makes sense, right? Well, if I say the market of house says you should be worth 1.7, and but you bought it 100,000 less, so you really should be worth 1.6, right? So now I know why did it, why was it on the market for 1675, and why did it not sell? There's something, something about the house or the lot or the characteristics or maybe is the condition, but. The evidence shows that if you're going to sell your house, you bought it 100000 under, you're going to sell it 100000 under, unless you made a dramatic improvement in the property. If you made a dramatic improvement in the property, fine, we'll calculate that in. But according to this, you tried 1675, and I'm going to walk in and I'm going to say, I know it feels like 167, I mean 1.7. I know it. But you bought it for 100000 less. And it's worth 100000 less than the rest of the market. Let's test 1.6. So when all is said and done, these trending charts can be just one piece of evidence of why did that not sell at that price? Or why is that not the number? You have to gather it all. Somebody said something about uh, getting Z estimates or, or using that and sending it to a, a, a buyer or a seller. I would never, ever, ever, ever send something from Zillow or Realtor.com or something like that because, you know, to be honest with you, it's unauthenticated data. It's inaccurate. Before I go to any house, I say, well, what does RPR say it's worth? What does Redfin say it's worth? What does Zillow say it's worth? What does Realtor.com say it's worth? They're all over the place. It's not, it's not unique that there's not a $300,000 difference between what one says it's worth and what the other says it's worth. And you can't say, well, Redfin is always low and Zillow is always high, because sometimes it's the exact opposite. So it is absolutely 100% unreliable data or analytics that they use. If you want evidence, go to Realtor.com. When you go to Realtor.com, put your house in. They'll have three prices. Well, if you say CoreLogic, it's one price. You say this other thing, it's another price. Well, God, it's $250,000 difference between these analytical data models. So the only one that could price a house, the only one that can authenticate the value of a house is a realtor that's equipped with tools to identify what's it worth now, how do we get here, and where are we going. And where we're going is real simple. All you got to do is just say, give me everything that happened in my market in the last seven days. Hit the button. And you'll see how many things went under contract in the last seven days. How many homes came on the market? You know, how many homes withdrew from the market? Now, let me tell you why I know Vienna is improving. Because when I ran this three weeks ago, there was twice as many homes withdrawing from the market unsold as going under contract. So what does that tell you? People are missing the mark. People are withdrawing like it's going out of style, right? Why? 
because they're looking at the price that was in 2022 and thinking that it is in 2023. It is not. In some markets, it is. In Willowsford, we price it right alongside it. And I'd show that to the seller. But again, let's go to Willowsford. These houses were all purchased in 2016-17. Fine. We'll do the same thing. What was the average house sell for when you bought your home? And what did you buy it for? You bought it for 100000 over what the average house was selling for. That tells me it should be worth 100000 more for whatever you did, whatever you put in, whatever the lot premium was. Whatever it was that happened, you know, five or six years ago when you bought it is currently in that same model. So when I do this for Willowsford, all I could do is plot where did you buy it, over, under, and then let's follow the trend. And that's one element. That's one element. Remember, where are we now? How do we get here? Where are we going? And those are the three elements that are done. Now, so I don't think I have anything else on this. I think that's it. So, so that's basically the answer to your question is in most markets, we have returned to pre-pandemic levels. I would turn up the juice. If I was a buyer, I would get out in the market if you can. You know, there's three things you have to have. You have to be ready, willing, and able. We should be ready, right? I know you're willing because now the price is there and you've, you've got a house, you've got two kids, you need more room, you're, you know, your wife's telling you to get a bigger house, you got to get a bigger house, you put in five contracts, you couldn't get them, now you can. Now, let me be clear. When we're talking pricing, right, if we're going for the buy, it's the exact opposite. We use pricing models against the seller. So let's say a house is on the market, nobody wants it at one point. Uh, let's, let's go to a normal market, eight, $850,000. $850,000. What's, what's the house really worth? My agents call me and go, I got a buyer. We want to buy this house. What's it really worth? It's worth $775,000. It's not worth eight fifty. dollars It's worth seven seventy-five. dollars Fine. It's been sitting on the market for 20 days, 30 days. The anxiety level is sky high with the seller. The agent thinks there's something wrong. You know, everybody thinks there's something wrong with the house. They're, they're in full panic mode. And the buyer walks in and goes, I'll give you seven seventy-five. dollars What are you talking about? That's awful low. No, let me prove it. Here's the trending. Here's the model. Here's where we're going. The market stinks. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever that is, we go in and do it. Now, we can get houses that are 200, 250000 under market or under what they're listed for. So the first place I would go if I had a buyer, I'd go find homes that are sitting on the market that were overpriced, that thought it was 222, it ain't 222, it's 223, it's the fall of 223. Prove to them what the price is. Now, between you and me, the agent's been telling them that's the price. The agent's been saying it's only 775, it's not 850. But the seller thinks it's 850. I've got a weird phenomenon going on right now. Very strange phenomenon. I haven't had this in, in years. But I will prove that a house is worth 1.85. And the seller goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll do 1.95. And what do you mean? You, I just told you. I just proved seven different ways why it should be 1.85. I'm telling you it's 1.85. Yeah, I know. We'll do 1.95. Now, that's a phenomenon that I don't, that doesn't happen one out of, 20 deals, but it's happening on every deal. No, it's, it's, it's one four. Yeah, okay, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I hear you. I want one five. I want, actually want a one six. 
That's where we started. Okay? So we finally worked it down to 1.4, got a contract, got it, got it at 1.45. So we got a premium, we got it sold. We got, but there was only three people coming in because we started off, you know, kind of high. So we only had three people walk in. One of them wrote a contract that removed all, well, two contracts came in. And one removed home inspection, one removed everything and pumped the price up, 50 grand. Okay? So, you know, the answer is right this second, all of our agents are experiencing sellers wanting higher numbers. The reason is they were higher. They were higher. They were 850 in 2022. But if you have the trending, if you could see where it's trending from 2022 to 2023, and that's what's happening. Now, the sphere of knowledge that sellers have is of homes within their probably 50 to 70. They know that the sellers, uh, the Millers sold their house for 1.6. My house is as nice as their house. We have that all the time. Um, I have one right now that's getting ready to go on. It is 2,060 square feet. Uh, they keep referencing a neighbor that sold but they were 2,700 square feet. There's a big difference between a 2,000 square foot house and a 27,000 square foot, a 2,700 square foot house. There's a huge difference, right? It's size. Of course they sold for more. And then the, the argument is, well, the house, you know, their house wasn't updated. You look at pictures, it's updated. Those are the walls we're talking, that's the paint we're talking about, those are the floors we're talking about, that's the kitchen we're talking about, that's the, you know, the only difference is they didn't do their master bedroom because it looks a uh, bath because it looks fine. But if we're going to go out at 2,000 2, square feet and they're 2,700 and we want to get a price similar to theirs, we better get a brand new bathroom in there, right? So, so I'm just saying I'm experiencing a phenomenon right now that a lot of, of agents are experiencing and why the homes are being overpriced is because people are looking at where it was, not where it is. And if we have the chart that, and I'll figure out how I can put these charts up on, online for Vienna and Oakton and all the places. If I'm doing them, we might as well use them as a company. Um, and, and you can use these charts to show the flow or the trend of your individual market and why it's not where it was, why it's where it is. But if you ever have to compare, well, but my neighbor did this. I can guarantee you that that neighbor's assessment is $100,000 higher it's square footage is bigger. Something's, there's some reason why it's sold for that number. But that's a part of authenticating data. Data point. Jim and Mary sold their house for $1.15 million. Then we should sell for $1.5 million. Fine. That's data I can use. Now let's compare the houses, compare the assessments, compare the sizes. They're bigger than you are. They're assessed for more than you are. They should get more than you do. So, again... All we're trying to do, Donnie, is, Donnie wants to have a conversation with me um, or Justin uh, wants to have a conversation about more people using cardinal title. Now, why cardinal title? Well, we like home field advantage. Our processors are the best. Nothing gets by them. They settle it quick. If there's a problem, we have workarounds. We do everything in our power to work on behalf of our clients, right? And to be honest with you, our team only works with really, really good professionals, whether it's a painter or an electrician or whatever it is. So Cardinal Title is about the most professional group you can work with. We have our own processors. You know, if we need um, a better title insurance policy, enhanced policy, we get it. Boom. 
anything that goes wrong, we get it. And, and for our sellers, we know early if we have a problem with our title so we can fix it before we go on the market and go through all the process, only to find out right before settlement there's a problem. I will tell you that, that cardinal title is one of the keys to the growth of Samson Properties. And Donnie can brag all he wants about how great the company is, but it is cardinal title and their professionalism that is driving this because everybody uses them, and that's what allows us to, you know, them not to take our commissions, and we can just use them to give sellers a better price. So if seller wants to, sellers want to know why we can offer less commissions, it's because we have cardinal title. They don't have, as long as we do cardinal title, they don't have to take any of my commissions so I can pass that savings on to the seller, right? So really, who's to thank for me charging, you know, lower commissions? Cardinal title. So anyways, I think that, uh, so the conversation is going to be, and I'll have it on air, conversation can be how can more people use cardinal title? Well, if we priced homes correctly and people bid on the house, and people are fighting for the house, they will select cardinal title because that's what we want. That's what the winning bid is going to be. Now, are there bids still going on for houses out there? The answer is absolutely. Oh, yeah. 50,000. So I would say in the last two weeks, we had one that sold 50,000 over list price, one that sold 80,000 over list price, one that sold 52,000 over price, and we had a, a buyer that went after a 2.35, follow this, went after a $2.35 million house. They offered $2.5 million and lost. And lost. Healthy market, it's a healthy market. If homes are priced correctly, not overpriced, you know, prepared correctly like they have to be, then they're going to sell. They're going to get multiple contracts. And will the price go up? Yes. If I have a buyer, I'm not going after well-priced homes that are in perfect condition. I'm looking for a house that has good bones, that it was probably overpriced at one point. They're going into the death spiral of pricing. I'm going to move in on that house. I'm going to prove what my thing is, what the price, the value is worth, and we're going to go after all alone. And we're going to get a home inspection. And we're going to get a contingency. So anyways... All of these things are, are following the strategy. And by the way, when you look at those trends, uh, hey, Justin, can you go back to the beginning? You're, you're right at the first screen right now. Can you go back to the first? Um, why don't you click through some of our, our uh, charts? Keep going. And keep, I, you know, I can do this myself, probably. Keep going. And right here. So <clears throat> if you'll notice, that bubble that you see right there that we've been going through is when I started doing coffee with Casey. So I started in 2020, and I said, something's up. You know, there's something up. We got to get on coffee with Casey. I got to, mar- you know, plot this market, figure out what's going on, where are we headed, you know. And at that time, we were like, in 2020, I said, you know, folks, we're in a perfect storm. Interest rates are low. Inventory's low. Buyer demand is up. I said, this is a perfect storm. Something's happening, Right. So at 2022, and if you look at a lot of these charts, it doesn't go like that low. It zooms up, right? So we knew something was going on. And as this market is, has moved through, we've been here every week talking about the trends of what you got to do and how you have to price it and you know where the market is headed and all that stuff. And hopefully that's helped. 
You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. My name is Casey Sampson. You can reach me at 703-508-2535 or Casey at CaseySampson.com. And let me just say another thing that realtors, now I'm going to talk to the realtors of Sampson Properties, your friends, family, business associates, and neighbors need your help. You listen to the show. You know where the market is. You know how important pricing is. They need your help. There are people around the country, uh, aunts and uncles and mothers and fathers and kids and that are making decisions in the real estate market that could cost them tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. How many times have I heard people go, my parents are selling their house in New York. It's been sitting on the market for two years. Wrong agent. Wrong agent. Bring them in. Let's get them to a, a medium-sized team, the number one medium-sized team in their area. We'll hook them up with the right people, whether it's around the area or across the country. You can call us up. We'll put them in touch with the top medium team in that market area to make sure that they get it sold, get it done. They've got a professional. Why medium teams? The principals are still involved with every deal. They've only got 10 agents, which means they all do. If they're the number one team, it means they all do $20, $30 million a piece. So everybody on that group is all a professional no matter what you do. But I am telling you that people shy away, I know I did, shy away from saying, yeah, I know your house has been on the market for a year and a half. I need to stay out of this. No, I shouldn't have stayed out of it. Because that friend of mine was getting hurt by their home being on the market so long. We need to get them into the hands of the, the top medium teams in each market from around the country or around the area. Now, let me just say one th- great thing about Samson Properties. We have big teams here. We have great teams here. We do not fight against each other. We collaborate. So I go head-to-head with a group called Redstone, um, Ian and Ed over at Redstone, and we go toe-to-toe and laugh about who's going to bring in the most deals for Cardinal every year. Ian and I sit in on each other's huddle meetings. I sit in on Ian's team's meetings. He sits in on my meetings so that I could pick up some things that he's doing, and he could pick up some things I'm doing. Why? Because it benefits the whole team and it benefits our clients. And I can learn something from him and he can learn something from us. That's Samson Properties. It's a great environment to be around. The sellers are the ones that are biggest beneficiaries. People listen to Coffee with Casey. As Justin can tell you, on the Samson website, a lot of people click in. But I'm telling you, you cannot hold the opinion of, well, I, I don't want to get involved in that. No, you must get involved. We must get them to the proper team. There's tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake. That's why I'm here every Thursday. So we need to make sure that we get your friends, family, neighbors, and business associates in the hands of a good realtor, not a bad realtor. If two homes go under contract and three homes get withdrawn in your neighborhood, that's going to hurt your price. That's going to hurt pricing. So if, and we tell all of our clients, if you have a neighbor getting ready to sell your house, give us a call because if they get a bad realtor, and, and they sell for 100000 less than they should, that's going to hurt the value of your house. So be considerate of your friends, family, business associates, and neighbors. Get them in the hands of a professional. You're great realtors. You listen to all this stuff. Make sure that you reach out to them and make sure they're using you. Again, thanks for sitting in on Coffee with Casey. I'll see you again next Thursday at 10 o'clock, or at 10.30.